The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including ACLA Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Clean Energy Advisors. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is Scott Hill. He's the president of Clean Energy Advisors and the newest sponsor of the Your Mark on the World Center and the great work we're trying to do here. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World Center as a sponsor. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me this morning, and maybe before we go any further, I wanted to really just thank you for all the work you're doing. I know that you've made this your life's work, and you know, for all of us that have sort of engaged in this community, I know, you know, that's that's a pretty cool thing and, and really appreciate the work you're doing. Well, thank you, Scott. I think what you're doing is is really the high impact stuff. And, and you're you're doing some things that really excite me because you are uh, scaling up uh, solar projects and financing them. And, uh, you know, clearly, 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 clearly the the impact that solar has on the environment, positive impact, the elimination or reduction of fossil fuels needs to be scaled. The solution to global warming lies in scaling up solutions like solar power. And so uh, it's great to talk to you. Great to have you involved with the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about the work of the uh, clean energy advisors. So, um, you appreciate the question. Um, ever since 2013, a group of us uh, started with our founder and CEO, Chris Warren. We, we started um, with a niche of small utility scale projects. We found this niche. It's exciting that we found it. Chris was in the right place at the right time. And um, what we do is we package up and have a portfolio of projects, uh, small utility scale projects that we oversee and we get them developed and then we package those up in an investment for investors to participate in. The, uh, give us a sense of the scale of the projects you're working on now. So what we do usually is we concentrate on a niche, which is, you know, is called small utility scale. And to date we've done 23 of those projects. 17 of those projects have been two megawatt projects and then, Six of those projects, almost seven of those projects have been five megawatt projects in size. Very cool. And where are, you, where are the projects? All of our projects currently are in North Carolina. There's a pretty well-defined program in place there that we've identified and, and uh, are currently exploring and exploiting uh, this opportunity as much as we can over the next 12 to 24 months. That's... Uh... I mean, it's it's kind of exciting to see uh, what's going on. Uh, is the uh, climate uh, optimal in North Carolina for uh, solar? It really is. Currently, uh, North Carolina has really established itself as a leader in solar energy. Um, there's always changes that occur off and on, and you know we we navigate through those things. But uh, overall, North Carolina has been fantastic with its. Um, its acceptance of solar energy and, and the growth there is, is pretty cool to see. Uh, it, is, it is certainly exciting. Now, uh, Scott, the, 
uh, as we think about this, you, you offered up a couple of observations about uh, your sense of how things are developing in the, in the solar clean energy space. Uh, the, the first was your excitement over the extension of the ITC tax credit. Tell us a little bit about what happened and then why you think that's important. Well, first off, it was pretty surprising. Um, we had geared our business and we were sort of ramping up our business in the fourth quarter of 2015, realizing that in all likelihood, the investment tax credit was going, was, was going to expire or at least dramatically sunset to 10% at the end of 2017. Well, what happened, and it, it was it was very unlikely set of events, but um, Paris, which was we knew was going to happen, really created a groundswell of interest and discussion. And then really in the 11th hour, and it was December, that our government politicians got together on both sides of the aisle and, and decided to come to an agreement. Of, on one side, there was a concession around the um, exporting of oil, but on the other side, they were willing to extend this investment tax credit for another several years, which for us was, although surprising, it was a fantastic development. Yeah. And, and, and how does that impact the, the business? How does it impact investors? Tell us how it works, because uh, some of the people who are watching certainly are solar experts, but most who will watch this um, really haven't invested in solar before, haven't installed solar, and don't understand how it might impact them. Yeah, so if you look at the tra- trajectory of solar, it really happened in 2006, and that was really when they instituted the investment tax credit. So since then, You have seen a lot of momentum around solar. There's been a lot of installation, but also as dramatic has been the decrease in cost of solar projects. Because of demand, solar prices in all areas of solar development have come down. So that's what we've seen. And that's really why we're here today, because really in late 2013, Chris saw this really unique opportunity whereby if he could find a group of projects And there were really two very critical factors. If he could get those projects in the ground at below $1.95 a watt, and he could use the investment tax credit and layer that out over a period of time, then he had this model whereby he could go to a larger investor base and offer them the direct ownership of these projects with predictable income, the opportunity to do good and make an impact, and you know, it all came to pass. So with the extension of the income tax credit, that just gives us a longer runway to do that. And so we've been doing that work. We've been having that success. We've been able to develop a track record, but more importantly, the extension just allows it to do it longer. So how does the investment tax credit work? What, what is the tax credit offset? Is it income tax? It's dollar for dollar direct federal income tax obligation. So you know, if an investor makes an investment into us, then we are going to be able to directly offset that tax obligation dollar for dollar. It's not a deduction. It's literally a tax credit. Now, is it uh, a refundable tax credit? That is, you know, some tax credits, uh, if you don't have a tax obligation, uh, they're not refundable. Uh, Some are so that you can get a tax refund if you don't owe tax. Uh, Is this a refundable tax credit? Yeah, it's a case-by-case basis for the investor. Um, In our investment structure, we massage it out, so we offset it against distributions we give. So 
it's a direct offset. But for some investors who invest significant amounts of money, they can literally take um, control of the, the tax benefits, the uh, income, the investment tax credit, and the accelerated depreciation, and they can have more flexibility. They can actually claw back a year or they can go forward a couple years with how they use those uh, benefits. Well, that's, that is great. So as you, does the tax credit happen in the year you make the investment only or do you, uh, or do you capture that over the life of the project? So we, ca- we actually capture it. The, the, you qualify for the income tax credit when you put the project in service. So once you have those tax credits, then we've gotten tax guidance that we can use those tax credits over a period of time. And in our case, we massage the in- investment tax credit and the accelerated depreciation over a seven-year period. Okay. So uh, what that does is it creates a at least a low tax or a zero tax uh, revenue stream, right? It, uh, it, for our investors, it does. And that's you know, one of the appealing characteristics of the, of the investment structure is that it can do that for them. Ah, that's great. That's great. Uh, you know, one of the questions that uh, a lot of us have about solar in, in this environment is whether and when um, the small utility scale projects will be competitive, not with building a new coal power plant, but with operating an old one. Uh, how do you see that? playing out here in the next few years? Well, it's, it's playing out now. I mean, there are, there are um, a number of metro areas and even states now where solar is competing with all other forms of energy. Um, in our case, you know, in particular, we're defined and we define our revenue stream by an avoided cost rate and a, a PPA that we sign with the utility of record in the state. And that allows us to set our revenue numbers and then set our expenses. And so it's a very, really straightforward economic discussion about how we make these projects work. And we found that to be very straightforward and simple, which um, you know, takes a lot of the financial engineering out of some of these projects, especially from where they've come you know, over the past decade. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Now, you, you also mentioned that one of the things that uh, – uh, bolsters the market now is that foundations got a little more leeway in the structuring their program-related investments recently from the IRS. Tell us a little bit more about what happened there. Yeah, so it's been a groundswell. I mean, there have been foundations doing it in the past. I think they did it, you know, maybe let's say with a little bit of risk because there wasn't, you know, the kind of guidance there is now. But um, earlier this year, officially, um, the IRS did uh, come out with some guidance just saying there's as long as a foundation is making an investment uh, in an organization or a company that is within their mission, defined mission. So if it's a, you know, it's a foundation that their mission is around climate change or or, you know, water or what have you, then they're going to be permitted to make those types of investments and get a reasonable rate of return on that investment without jeopardizing their nonprofit status, which is, that's a huge development. Yeah. So it it makes more capital available for solar projects uh, and it's capital that's being held by people who generally have um, uh, 
uh, an altruistic uh, motivation. Many of them have a, a specific mandate to do uh, environmental good. So it really is an encouraging development, isn't it? For yeah, and, and you know, foundations have this struggle. They have to continue to grow assets to keep themselves viable, and you know, they're looking for ways to um, you know to further their mission and to keep their mission active and to allow them to make investments that can generate capital and allow them to sustain themselves. I mean, that's a fantastic win-win development in my mind. Yeah. Now, the, the last observation you made is one that's near and dear to my heart. You point out that uh, the uh, SEC implemented on May 26th new rules for crowdfunding, allowing ordinary investors to participate for the first time in startup businesses. Yeah, I mean, you know, traditionally with us, we're no different. You know, we're a private placement. So you have to be an accredited investor. You know, you have to meet some income and uh, net worth thresholds. But crowdfunding is going to uh, greatly improve those conditions so more people can invest and more people, you know, there's going to obviously be some risk associated with that. And there's going to be have to be some um, safeguards put in place and people are going to have to be careful. But, you know, to allow more people to invest with values, some of those some of the really most difference-making um, ideas out there, they're startups. You know, they're new and they need capital, but there's a that need for capital can come from a lot of different sources, and crowdfunding is going to create a fantastic opportunity for that. Yeah. Now, uh, Scott, I want to just take advantage of uh, the opportunity to have you personally on the show and ask you a couple of personal questions to get some insights from you. The First, uh, clearly, you're becoming an icon, a, a recognized leader in uh, the clean tech, clean energy space. And I wonder, as a leader, who you look up to in turn as a role model. At the risk of sounding terribly corporate, I am a, um, I'm a sucker for entrepreneurs. I admire entrepreneurs who step out and do something. And I, I really do have to say, and I say this sincerely, I become almost a brother to this man, but it's our founder, Chris Warren, and our CEO. He's he's done something that has never been done before, and it's been partly great timing. But he put himself in a position to have great timing because since 2007, he got out of the industry he was in, which was financial services, and pursued his passion in the environment. So he's almost a decade in, and he chose to get into solar energy, which was just a smart decision. And then identified this opportunity by timing and, and, and good fortune where he developed a model that has just never been done before. And um, we're not here and I'm not here like I was in 2013 saying, trust us, you know, this is a new model. We haven't done it before. Now we have 23 projects in the ground. The model works and we're now building on that model. And it, it just, Again, it's that affinity for an entrepreneur. And Chris and I have sat over a beer in a, in a bar, I remember, in Orlando several months ago where we were sitting down and talking about the challenges of being an entrepreneur, you know, to get it past mom and pop stage and all the challenges your wife has to endure and all the challenges your family has to endure. And he's done all that and we're not out of the woods. Now we experience different growing pains, you know, where now we're trying to grow an organization past some thresholds we've been doing. But honestly, and I say this with all sincerity, that uh, I admire him for doing that. I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of it. 
No, fantastic. Now, Scott, uh, you and I have talked a little bit about the importance of solar. And, and so I get the benefits of solar, broadly speaking. Um, but one of the things I'm curious about is what draws you to it? What What was the personal motivation that that had you jump into this business where you were uh, not just making money, but making a difference. What what motivated you personally to come at this? So two things. And the first one was um, my son and um, Mike Zito, my partner's son, played soccer together. And Mike had been in the financial services industry and knew Chris. And Mike came on board just before I did. And when he did, he called me up. And Mike is a really smart guy. And Mike's one of those guys where – if he, when he sees an investment, he can really cut through it pretty quickly to see if it's worth something or not worth something. And he'll have no problem telling you that, you know, he'll, he'll just say it's either, I just don't believe in it or I do. Well, when he called me up and said, I believe in some, this thing, it's this new thing uh, called CEA. They, they've come out with this investment and I want to show it to you. And when he showed it to me, he actually just showed it to me as an possible investor and I was the one who said, well, I'd like to be more involved. And the, the catalyst at that point, honestly, was he was talking about this fixed, top, fixed income investment that, you know, these days, fixed income is hard to come by. So he was telling me about this 8% predictable income stream with tax benefits. And, and then he started telling me about the solar. So that resonated with me. But honestly, that was the catalyst, was he was having an economic discussion with me about something that a lot of people were saying wasn't about economics. It was about, it was about subsidies. It was about, you know, you couldn't build the projects economically and feasibly that way. And so that was the first catalyst. But then I started to think about solar more um, specifically and thought, you know, it's really the only renewable energy source that you can make it as small as something that you can light, put a lamp on your um, walkway up to your house and you can use it to as large as, you know, a 20, 50 megawatt system that can power thousands of homes. And it's just distributive. So you can use it in any way, at any size. I mean, there are, you know, you, you see it on crowdfunding sites and on, on Kickstarter and things. There's so many solar applications out there that that, that was the other catalyst for me. Sure, sure. Well, the, the last thing I want to ask you, Scott, is we've got uh, a tradition on the show. We ask every uh, guest to give us an impact hack, some tip that would help us uh, do more good in the world. What do you suggest? So I've got two. Um, the first one is, um, as a father, I've got five children. You know, So just instilling in them that at a basic level, they revolve around a big world and the world doesn't revolve around them. You know, so trying to instill that in them has been, you know, a pretty constant mantra in my life. But the other thing, and it's, you know, pretty minor, is that I noticed that in my office, I would probably use my printer maybe five minutes a day, but it was always on. You know, it always stayed on. And it doesn't take a lot to turn it off and turn it on. It, those things heat up pretty quickly now. So now, I'll print something if I need it, and then I'll just turn it right off, and I do that for more of my devices. And I got to imagine if everybody's got a printer in their office, it's probably on, but they don't use it very often. 
just flick it off, flick off all your scanner, your fax, and when you need it, flick it on. It'll probably save a little bit of energy for everybody. That's a great tip, great tip. Well, uh, Scott, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Before you go, tell us how people can connect with you personally and learn more about the work of uh, Clean Energy Advisors. Um, Give me by email, by LinkedIn, uh, cleanenergyadvisors.net is our website. Um, My email address is scott.hill at cleanenergyadvisors.net. I'm happy to talk with anybody about this subject and grow the family of renewables and uh, impact investing. You know, uh, I I am, we're all, you and I are both benefits of people who have come before us to kind of launch this impact investing trend, but it's, it's good to be on the train. That's great. Well, Scott, thank you very much for being with us today. We appreciate your sponsorship, your support, and we wish you every success in scaling up solar energy in America. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it, Doug. All righty. Let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact, GGI, uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Seed Equity Ventures is a registered broker-dealer with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a member of both FINRA and SIPC providing investment banking services to startups globally. Seed Equity's mission is to find the best and brightest entrepreneurs and connect them with global investors. Clean Energy Advisors creates investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector that provide clients with predictable income, preservation of capital, and positive impact. Clean Energy Advisors is committed to providing clients with investment opportunities with both market rates of return and measurable impact. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devon is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.